0: This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Good evening and welcome to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Of course, we need somebody else to talk about it with us. And and if we have him, our friend and our colleague and our partner from DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic on the other end of Zoom. Hi, Dan.
1: Hi, Albie. Vote Albie, everybody. Vote for Albie. You know what? I'm here. I don't even know what you're running for, but you've got my I'm vote. ready,
0: willing and able. And as you know, it may take a couple of weeks to figure out if I won. So so but I do ask for your vote. I do ask for your vote. Clearly, you've got it. <laughs> um, listen, the Steelers, uh, they certainly haven't been perfect, but they remain perfect day in. Um, and, and naturally, as they approach the half their halfway point of the season with a chance to be eight. zero, and a trip to Dallas coming up. Um, you know, everybody starts to think they have a nice cushion over the Ravens now and you start to think about possibly the number one seed in the playoffs and all that stuff. And maybe even beyond that, the Super Bowl, well, you've heard the talk and, and naturally that comes with the team that's winning. What do you think this team is missing from from being able to win the Super Bowl? Well, the biggest thing
1: is this is probably a lazy answer. Albie but his consistency Um, they're the most imperfect perfect team I've ever seen if that makes sense (laughs) to play off your own terminology Um, we will see them look for a half you know the way they did in the first half in Nashville the way they did in the second half in Baltimore Um, the way they did in both halves against Cleveland to be fair right Um, but those are the three best teams that that they would have faced to this point. And that's what you got. You got some of this and you got some of that. Now I'd like to think and in covering these games and in talking to these guys afterward via these calls, I'd like to think that they've taken all of these experiences, including the negative ones and learned from them. And we've seen examples of that. Uh, for example, uh, remember Carson Wentz burning them on third down, play after play after play. Uh, Meaning their defense and then remember what they did to the Browns one third down the entire game one third down conversion for Cleveland offensively. Um, That's learning that's getting better. That's what you want to do. I don't know how they're going to pull that off these next three weeks, you know, because there's there's a it's a a different group of teams that they're facing. Uh, But. I think in general that's it. Specifically, Alby, is there?
0: I don't know. Is there one position that stands out to you? What is it? I don't think. I don't think there's a position, but I think in general you're looking at inconsistency. You talked about the difference between the first and the second half in the game prior, the, the Tennessee game. Uh, how about how about the fact that they gave up so many yards to the ball to to the Baltimore Ravens and they won the game with what they've done so well over the last couple seasons, and that is. Yeah. Take that ball, find a way to get those takeaways. Uh, I think they just have to perhaps be more consistent.
1: I I hear you, except that Baltimore got 265 of those yards came on the ground. So I'm going to paint this as even worse than you did. Right. Without Baltimore having their lead running back, their starting left tackle, or their starting right guard, both of whom those offensive linemen were hurt during the course of the game early on. So what went wrong? Well, the Steelers lost Tyson Alulu. They did in the middle of the game. And they very clearly did not have, say what you want about this, a plan B for the nose tackle going down. They just didn't. They're throwing poor Henry Mondo out there. Who I don't know who's ever taken a snap at nose tackle in his life. Uh, lining up, not doing anything. He, he was just a non-entity. The, the Ravens were running right past him. So is that a weakness? I don't know. I mean, let's, let's see who they get back, including Tyson himself. His injury doesn't sound like it would be something that would keep him out. Um, he, he might even be back in time for the next Baltimore game. So that, and then they, you know, inside linebacker is another one, but they just went
0: out and got Avery Williamson. Well, let me, no? let me put it to you the other way. Instead of saying, what do they need? To win the Super Bowl, how about say, look at what they've done well, and and then just say perhaps they need to make sure there's consistency. They they've gotten a, they've gotten a good ground game with James Conner's been impressive so far. Um, they've gotten the, the pressure on the quarterback, which you always want to get, and this team gets right at it. Um, if you could just put all this, and then of course stopping the run is a big deal, mm-hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna have another challenge with Ezekiel Elliott coming at them this 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 Sunday. Uh, but perhaps just consistency in those areas that ha- they have proven they can do well.
1: Yeah. I, I'm going to throw a name at you instead. Uh, I'm going to throw Deontay Johnson at you. Uh, I want to see him on the field. I want to see him targeted seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times a game. Um, I don't want to see one game where he looks like Antonio Brown, the next game, like the one in Baltimore, he's barely yeah, right, visible. Right, right. And then another game he can't even play because he's got a different injury um, to me. This offense, Albie, from everything we've seen, is going to be much more of a chain-mover type of offense than it's going to be deep balls. Ben, again, was 0-4-4 uh, on, on pass attempts that went 20 or more yards in the air uh, in Baltimore. I think he's going to be better at that, but I still think it's going to be a chain-mover type of offense. That needs, not once not that needs Deontay Johnson to be the integral component of it um, that to me sets you up as a super bowl contender legit because you know, you've got the defense, you know, you have that.
0: Um, I, I like a lot. What you came up with there with Deontay Johnson, if you're going to get specific other than a, um, an area in there, you know, you know, one phase of their game or, Consistency or things that are in a general sense uh, uh, analyzing what they do specifically get more out of Deontay Johnson That's and it. yeah and get more consistency. I think I think that may be um, everything that, that that we were looking for in this question.
1: I mean, you know, the other thing is what Mike Tomlin refers to as becoming battle tested. You know, uh, he was praising the Titans for that. Remember on, before the, the the game in Nashville. Well, the Steelers have now had their battles. They've been tested. They've been exposed to an
0: extent, but they've also won every single game. All right, we're gonna talk about the Dallas game, which is next up for the Steelers. And well, we'll include that situation with the Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks. Um, Get your pencil and paper ready so you can take notes and remember who might be starting for the Cowboys. Heck with
1: that, warm up, you might be
0: it. (laughs) We'll be right back with more of Halftime Adjustments. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Dan Kovacevic. And as the Steelers get set to play the Dallas Cowboys 425 kickoff on Sunday, we have to ask this question, Dan. And I love the way that when we talked about this, it was worded. How terribly lopsided will this game be? And there's a lot of places you can go with that, what might be a rhetorical question. Take it away.
1: Well, I mean, I could get into the Cowboys defense being terrible. I could get into their offensive line being terrible. They do have Ezekiel Elliott, who is still a, a terrific running back, uh, as no one in Pittsburgh needs to be reminded, given the performance that he once had at Heinz Field. Um, but my goodness, I mean, this this comes down to the quarterback or quarterbacks. Uh, originally, it was going to be Ben DiNucci, the kid from Pine Richland who couldn't start at Pitt and who last week in his NFL debut completed only six of 20 passes, Alby that traveled more than five yards, okay? So he's not going to play in this game because Mike McCarthy very wisely saw that that was going to be just a massacre. So he wanted quarterbacks who have more experience. So he's going to start either, and hang on, i got to look this up. Gilbert Gottfried, right? Gilbert Gottfried has Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush you ready for their career stats Albie hit me Coop, Cooper Rush one of three this is his career not the last series his career one of three for two yards and a 42.4 passer rating Garrett Gilbert two of six for 40 yards so he's clearly got the edge and a 57.6 passer rating I mean I, I'm making light of this but the, the it is what it is. Jerry Jones actually publicly said uh, he, he this week in in a, in a radio show that he does down in the Dallas Fort Worth area that the Cowboys I don't know exactly how he worded it here off the top of my head, but you know need to at least be thinking about the whole idea of you know rebuilding and playing with youth, and you still got to play hard and whatever the kinds of things you've never heard come out of his mouth you know, because he knows the state of the franchise. Steelers need to get a W there. They need to get out of there healthy. That's the biggest W they can pull off.
0: Uh, Hit me with those names again so I can commit them. I already forgot them. I'm sorry, I'll be. Gary Gilbert? No. I already forgot. Right. All right. Well, whatever you want to (laughs) call them. I just have no
1: idea who they are. I mean, the game is what it is. Look, the Steelers are, if anybody's owed, uh, you know, a, a bye week, it's Pittsburgh and they still need to take care of business. And I I get all that, but uh, the biggest thing is they need to come out
0: of there with a result and, and, and to be healthy, healthy. You know, what, what you say about being healthy, um, you know, and and they're already dealing with the fact that uh, Devin Bush has lost for the season. You mentioned Avery Williamson, they made a trade for him. And at least for now, he'll be a backup and a guy that you can try to compliment Robert Spillane. And um, but, but when Cam Hayward, Uh, went down last week and it appears that everything's fine, uh, thankfully. And, hey, if you were, you know, I I know fans were watching that game and they saw Jim Bradley, Dr. Jim Bradley, looking at Ben's arm, even though it, again, turned out to be nothing uh, serious. But, But when you see Ben's surgically repaired right arm being looked at by the doctor on the sidelines, it reminds you that despite the fact that they are imperfectly perfect, or however you said that so well, Um, they are, uh, one injury away from
1: that one injury away. Okay. Um, Ben, for anybody who doesn't know this, and one of the reasons that one of the reasons that I, I don't think you see reporters freak out as much as fans do whenever Ben is holding that elbow or something is that it's actually a pretty common sight. Um, he's, He's always taking care of the thing. It was colder weather the other day. He was warming it up. Now, what doesn't help is when afterward he gets asked about the elbow and he gives this blithe answer about, yeah, I just hit my funny bone or something like that, as in in, stop asking me about it. Um, That doesn't help. Uh, Ben's given a lot better answers on that, and I'm sure he's getting tired of being asked about it. But at the same time, he's the quarterback of the NFL's only undefeated team. It's going to come up. I don't think there's a problem with his elbow, to say the least. Uh, All you had to do was watch the results in the second half. I'm not just talking about the numbers. I'm talking about the zip. Uh, His receivers weren't getting, not all of them anyway, Eric Ebron did, getting wide, wide, wide open. Uh, He was finding seams, and he was crushing them. Uh, That's the
0: best version of Ben, and it's the best version of Ben's arm. Well, um, and, you know, you need look no further than the Dallas Cowboys, although they certainly did not have nearly, nearly the supporting cast. But when you see Dak Prescott go down, oh, again, it he happened. He was so good,
1: too. He was yeah. so
0: good, Albie. And they
1: still stunk, by the way. They as a team still stunk. When Dak
0: Prescott was leading the National Football League in passing yards. That's not easy. Yeah but now look what has happened to them. And, and, and this gets back to the question, how, how terrible will this loss be for the Cowboys? Hey, listen, I don't want to hear about trap games. I don't want to hear about road games and playing that late afternoon game. You just said a moment ago, they just have to take care of business. Get Yeah. The win. Don't
1: look at the score. People are fixated on the score. Let's say the, let's say the Steelers only beat them by a couple of touchdowns or whatever. Again, that's not going to matter. What's going to matter is that they get out of there clean. Uh, with meaning the result and the health look if they if they end up popping a few touchdowns early and ben gets to sit down for the second half marquise gets to sit down for the second half cam gets to sit down for the second half
0: great go about it use that as a carrot actually all right we're back with the subject of sports on television when we return on halftime adjustments Welcome back for our final segment or our final longer segment and topic here on halftime adjustments. I'm Albie auction with Dan on the other end. And Dan, uh, listen, the NBA uh, playoffs and particularly the NBA finals were way down uh, in ratings, the baseball and the world playoffs in general and the world series were way down in ratings. Um, hockey wasn't a whole lot nationally. I mean, I realize we're in the middle of very strange times here. But is there a reason beyond that, that people are uh, not turning in to see sports on TV the way you would think they would? Yeah,
1: uh, Let's not leave the NFL out of it. Um, The the NFL still gets better ratings than all the rest, obviously. But Um, and they and they still lead television in general. I mean, the the top 10 most watched TV shows are all football games. That's just how it works. Well, that and, and, and presidential debates but Albie, it's down across the board. And I gotta tell you, as as someone who's in the business, as a sports media company, of hoping that people are interested in sports, um, I get the distinct sense that there are a lot of people, and I hear from them directly, who have just found something else to do. And maybe it was during that four months or five months where there wasn't sports, that they kind of lost a little bit of interest. Maybe it's when you're watching these games on TV, they don't have, and they don't have that same feel or drama because there aren't crowds, there aren't fans, there isn't that energy. You know that the crowd noise that you hear is manufactured. The one that jumps out for me still is that the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup final. And by the way, the ratings were down for the Stanley Cup final year over year, 61%. Yeah. Okay, which is that's plunging off a cliff. And you're they're in this sterile, and in this case I mean that literally environment in Edmonton, you know, a million miles away. They're getting no local pub because there was no reporters allowed into Canada. And it just, you know, and they're jumping up and down with the cup, and there's this canned noise. Nobody booed Gary Bettman. It's like it wasn't <laughs> a real event, Albie. Um And I can see where that would be not so much a turn off, but a not necessarily a must turn on, if that makes sense. It's lacking that drama.
0: Let me go back to the first thing you said. And let me just add a couple things in there. I had a friend who lived in Cleveland and he told me that when the Browns left to go to ball, when they became the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland was, they were forced to live life without football on Sundays. Mm -hmm. He said something very interesting to me. He said, and, and he had talked to many, many, many friends in Cleveland. And he said, suddenly people found out that they could cut their grass on, on Sunday mm-hmm. without ha- in September without having to worry about rushing in to see the game, or they would <laughs> go out to lunch on Sunday, or they would go to church, or they would they, they, do whatever it is that they do. They would go out on a walk. And and they realized that, wow, there's a whole new world out there.
1: Oh, yeah. There's, there are big cities in America. There are big cities in America, Albie, uh, that really, for all intents and purposes, don't have sports or have very little. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking in particular of Portland, Oregon, huge city. I mean, they have the Trailblazers, and they have they have a very successful uh, and popular MLS franchise. No NFL, no NHL, no Major League Baseball. Uh, San Antonio, Texas, one of the top ten population cities in America. Not many people know that, right? Uh, A lot of people wouldn't even name them as a top three or four in, in Texas and, and they're, and they're top 10 in the country. They have the Spurs in the NBA, but they don't have anything else. They just find something else to do. Now, maybe in Pittsburgh, we can't relate to that. We're, we're so wired towards sports, which by the way, is good for this business that I was referencing earlier. Okay. We, we are very much an exception to this, but, you, you pick up on this stuff in other cities and you just, you know, I, I've gotten these vibes from people. Um, there's I just found something else to do. I started binging on Netflix. I started whatever, going for walks, uh, more time with the kids, more time, whatever. Uh, it, it's just it's it, it's a different world. And I think I honestly believe, Albie, it's going to take time for not just Major League Baseball. We pick on them incessantly over this. I think it's going to time, take time for all of these sports to get everybody all the way back, and it is going to take filling stadiums again.
0: And I think you're right that in Pittsburgh we're insulated a little bit from this because there's still a strong passion. However, oh yeah, we're weirdos yeah, with stuff. Yeah, and stuff. I'm not. I mean, it's, not it's not religion here. That, yeah, but even in Pittsburgh um, during this whole shutdown, especially when there's no sports, you you may have you make a very good point about Netflix and about people learned and got in the habit of doing other things. And sometimes even now I talk to people say, Oh yeah, I'm catching up on this. And they forget the game is on in, in some small way, the the binge watching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe in some small way, their habits have changed even a little bit, although it's certainly not a problem here in Pittsburgh, like it is nationally, but nationally, I think there's a big problem. I think that sports perhaps were oversaturated before this all Mm. began. And then all of a sudden cold Turkey, they were gone. And people were forced to do other things in their lives, some positive things. I mean, I mean, I think that there are. We talked about this during the shutdown. People spent more time with their families. They went for walks. They did all these things, and maybe to a degree, that's still that's still happening. And I just maybe they realized again, outside of Pittsburgh, that sports wasn't as uh, much a part of their lives as it as they thought it was.
1: It's not going to be a problem here, though. As we keep saying, <laughs> it just isn't. Uh, this this is a This is a different market. Uh, It's wired differently. Uh, I think when you go back in particular to the 1970s, we became our sports teams between the the, the success of the Steelers and the Pirates.
0: Okay. We'll be back, I promise, with our final thoughts here on Halftime Adjustments after this. Time Adjustments, be Auction Rider with Dan Kovacevich. And Dan, you have a way that people can fill their time. (laughs) Yeah,
1: people can fill a lot of their time at our website. Uh, But we have different ways now through different mediums. Uh, In particular, you know, about three months ago, we relaunched our podcasting network in a way we'd never had it before. We call it DK Sports Radio. And it's done really well. I'm not sure that we knew how it was going to do, especially as we were just discussing in the previous segment, coming out of a pandemic and so forth. It's helped that we have the Steelers uh, doing as well as they have. It did not help that the Penguins were out like this or that the Pirates never really participated in a 60 game schedule. But uh, it, we've gotten great feedback on it and they're a lot of fun. I do one myself uh, every morning. Uh, it's, a, it's a half hour podcast. And you like doing that? Oh, I enjoy it. Again, it's, I've always I've always liked doing radio radio, you know? So why not? This is yeah, easy.
0: Absolutely. And it's the way of the future, as they say. You can it do actually that. is. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your thoughts, as always. And thank you for joining us here on Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxfam. Make sure you join us every Wednesday night at 730. Bye-bye.